0: Hello and welcome to Scott's Movie Pod, until I think of a better name, which I very well may never actually do. Uh, We're here to discuss movies, the reasons why we love them, all kinds of movies, for better or worse, and uh, talk about all the different things that make them great. More often than not, people talk about why movies are terrible, or like tear them down, but that's not what we're here to do. So, with that... On my pod today, I've got Mr. Austin Smugelski, a Ooh. director, writer, fellow creative soul. Uh, and uh, we're going to be discussing a pretty great one today, in my opinion. And uh, yes, I think it's underrated by a lot of folks. What are we discussing today, Austin?
1: We are talking about Inside Lewin Davis. This, the world slept on this movie. It is, I have to agree, I it have is to an agree. absolute masterpiece. It is, i to just to cause some controversy here this is by far in my opinion the best coen brothers movie um Ooh, which right yeah gate,
0: contentious
1: yeah, yeah yeah i will i will like one of uh one of the things that i am in life as an ambassador for this movie to try and get everybody <laughs> i meet to see this movie because it's absolutely incredible
0: right right yes so we're, we're talking about Inside Lewin Davis, directed by the Cohen brothers Joel and Ethan Cohen, written by the Cohen brothers Joel and Ethan Cohen, and starring Oscar Isaac, uh, Carrie Mulligan, Justin Timberlake, Ethan Phillips, uh, Robin Bartlett, Max Casella, Jerry Grayson, Janine Ser- Serales, 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 Adam Driver, Stark Sands, John Goodman, Garrett Hudland, Alex Karpovsky, Helen Hong, Star
1: Studded. And-
0: talked about star studded a lot of lot of of actors in this movie that was in first build order from uh right from imdb so that's uh that's the order we got them in in that cast though there's a lot of heavy hitters yes a lot of heavy hitters and uh you know a couple of coen brothers alums for sure Mm -hmm. that's fun that's fun
1: you can't have a coen brothers movie uh without uh john goodman
0: and what a what a role for john goodman in this Mm -hmm. too And just because I realized I was like listening back to my own podcasts up till now uh, and realizing I I always mean to say the synopsis of the movie and I never do.
1: Okay. All right. I I
0: doubt most people are like, oh, I, I don't know what this movie's about, but in case uh the synopsis according to imdb is a week in the life of a young singer as he navigates the greenwich village folk scene of 1961 i feel like that's underselling what the movie's
1: about yeah that see that's (laughs) that's the reason that the world slept on this movie is because like it wasn't it wasn't willing to just be like super upfront about the fact that you were basically going to dive into a man's soul
0: oh yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that is exactly um, what this movie is.
1: I am, I am fresh off of my rewatch. I literally just finished it about 15 minutes ago because I Not wanted sane. to be yeah. ready to go. <laughs> um,
0: I wrote down, I wrote down a lot of notes for myself because I was just like things that I and I'm glad I did, because there were things that I I didn't think about in my first viewing, which is important because that is something we talk about here. Yes. Uh, um,
1: yeah, I would uh, I would highly recommend because I I fully intend to get into the um, the allegories at play, the like references, and just the the getting real into it. So I would first off highly recommend for for anybody listening, um, you should watch this movie. Yes,
0: uh, very much. If you haven't, you should. It's it,
1: it's it's yeah. Oscar Isaac. It, it's that's Oscar, enough. Yeah, that's exactly. enough.
0: It's Oscar Isaac.
1: It's Oscar Isaac. It's, it's a lot of Oscar Isaac and a cat and a cat. Like go just just go watch it on on that basis. And it's it's a, it's a deep dive into a man's soul. Like those three things together. Oscar Isaac cat soul. Go.
0: Perfect. It's a good it's a great combination. It's 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 the way it should be, you know. Yes. More cats and men together in movies.
1: <laughs> and souls. And souls. Actually, I feel like that's sort of the plot of the movie Soul. Those 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 items roughly categorized.
0: Oh man, you know what? You're not you're not far off. You're not far off. Actually, I think having, having seen that, uh, yeah, yeah, good. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's a music movie, also. Uh huh. Son of a bitch.
1: Yep. Soul is quietly oh. a spiritual successor to this movie.
0: That would be a really fun. Uh...
1: Oh, a double feature.
0: Yeah, that's it. That would
1: be. That would be a wild double feature.
0: Yeah. Like that is,
1: that is two extremely different moods with a couple of the same set pieces. Like a, a failing musician who's like just trying to make it and gets yeah. mystic- mystically involved with a cat and has to do some deep ass soul searching.
0: Let's make it a weird Goes, triple feature. We'll go yeah. inside Lou well, and Dan, then soul, then oh brother, where art thou?
1: This is, well, this is the perfect. Uh, Perfect segue. So I'm I'm gonna dig into. I don't know if this is spoilers. It's kind of spoilers. Um. So this movie is is 100 a purgatory movie. Um, oh yeah, you, yeah. It's
0: it, it, it absolutely is.
1: And and, like, uh, and so is Soul. Yeah. Uh, quite yes, literally. Sir. So <laughs> we're <laughs> we've just discovered that these two movies have so much in common.
0: I mean, if you really want to go, like, oh, brother, where art thou? Would you could argue is is in that vein too it's yeah these, these three yeah which okay we're gonna circle back to this we're yes gonna, we're, there's a lot to talk yeah, yeah. about in this well, movie for sure we'll, uh, we'll get back
1: to where brother where oh brother where are, for art thou and this movie and how they both deeply tie into greek mythology yes and the yes. odyssey and just ulysses.
0: like ulysses <laughs> and
1: and literally naming the cat ulysses and and, well, I forgot the,
0: about that until we'll like get, my we'll reward. get
1: into the cat. I got lots on the cat, but oh go, go ahead, do your thing. This is your show. I don't mean to take over.
0: Oh no, you're—it's completely <laughs> fun. There, there's no, no harm, no foul at all. While we're on the subject, uh, circling back here, just checking in. How, how are you in life? How's how's life treating you?
1: Um, life is quarantined, but overall pretty good. Yes. Um, I'm Fair. working, I'm thankful for that. I'm, you know, doing, uh, doing some work over at Viacom, trying to get some, uh, doing some AE stuff, trying to get some edit credits, hey, hey. uh, shooting the doc on the side, working on scripts for one of my features. I actually just got a really spooky ass prop for that delivered to me because <laughs> I was hoping to shoot that. But then of course, you know, COVID. Right, um, right. and so, and I very much intend to like get around, get back around to shoot that movie. Um, but I'd ordered a prop for it that was non-refundable because it was a super customized thing. And it's a, uh, it's a little grizzly. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, all right.
1: Not, not, not grizzly like bear grizzly. Like, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I
0: gotcha. It is
1: hard to look at. And it is now in a cardboard box in my closet. And if it's like two years from now and you're visiting this podcast, you might know what it is.
0: Uh-huh. I think I have an idea of what it is. I, I think you,
1: I think you do. I think you do. <laughs>
0: uh well that's awesome that's exciting yeah okay well good it sounds like yeah things are things are okay right now things are going well as well as they can be in our current uh current time and in, in history here
1: yeah that's the that's the disclaimer um that's for the sure disclaimer. <laughs> right exactly <I've>, yeah <laughs> it's, it's uh, been nice that things have professionally gone went pretty well in 2020 which is weird yeah because personally mental health wise all of that kinds of stuff you know
0: it was a holy rough shit one. yeah it, it yeah i mean still is a rough one yeah no arguably. we're not out of it or anything we're not but uh you know i can i can definitely we're out of it i can vouch for saying like the year had its many many ups and downs and the uh the emotional roller coaster of, of yeah. all of it it was uh was a lot uh yeah and that's I, just the outside world that's not even counting like interpersonal personal relationships and life and all
1: that oof Oof. what a time what a time what a time but
0: and honestly that's not a bad segue because we are talking about like what what a rough year well this guy's talking about what a rough what a rough week i guess in this guy's life you know
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: we're uh, we're diving into uh inside lewin davis here and uh let's start with initial thoughts about the movie generally Like, and let's talk about we can this is great because you can talk about like initial thoughts the first time you saw this movie as opposed Mm. to your your most recent rewatch
1: i can't remember when the first time i watched this movie was
0: 2013 is the release date so it was probably somewhere in there
1: yeah i feel like i might have like watched it on like a plane or something Like the, the very first time i saw it i was flying out to the east coast and it just, like, happened to be in the, like, you know, the, the in-flight movies.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, sure, sure.
1: And I watched it, and I liked it, uh, and I ended up buying it, and I watched it back a couple of years later, and that's when I actually understood what the movie was. sure. So like the first time it was like, yeah, it's kind of this like depressing story about a guy who's like trying to make a music career and like always failing. And seems like everything is kind of always falling apart in his life. And he has this shot and he goes and he takes it. Um, And the first time I see it, I saw it. I I did really connect with um, the Queen or the death of Queen Jane scene. Mm -hmm. And that to this day remains my favorite scene in a movie.
0: Nice. Okay. Um, Elaborate
1: on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've seen the film, um, you know that, you know, he, Lewin finally makes his way to Chicago. He's he's trying to get a, a record deal. Um, and so he gets this opportunity to play a song. Uh, and his, you know, his album, his name's Lewin Davis. His mm-hmm. album's called Inside Lewin Davis. And so um the you know the record company guy says okay well play me something from inside lewin davis he sits down and it's just the two of them in this like shutdown theater mm-hmm. and lewin plays this beautiful dark heart-wrenching rendition of the death of queen jane which is like this really really old folk song and he basically puts his soul on the table. Mm -hmm. He gives his everything and puts forward his art in a way that is giving it everything. He's putting himself completely at the mercy of this this guy and of opinions. And he just like, he's giving it all. And he finishes the song. And then there's this pause. Record label guy responds. I don't see a lot of money here. Yep. And that has always hit me because like as a you know as a filmmaker myself and a creative and stuff like that um it's such a terrifying and heartbreaking thing to like try and put yourself out there and to to create art and put it in the world and for it to just fail for it to not have worth for it to not have value for you to not have value like it's such a existentially soul-crushing thing and it's done just so beautifully and then to, to continue in that scene, one of the big things that Lewin's dealing with throughout the entire movie is the death of his singing partner, Mike. And after, you know, he's played this absolutely heart-wrenching, soul-on-the-table performance, and is told, I don't see a lot of money here. Um, he admits that, like, he used to have, he, um, the record label guy asks, hey, you know, do you usually play with a partner? And he's like, I did. And he's like, you want my advice? get back together with him telling him essentially kill yourself. And Lewin looks him dead in the eye and is like, that's a good idea. And it's just, it's fucking heartbreaking. And this, this obviously comes at like, you know, we've, we've gone through so much at that point. Like this, this movie is the rough shape of it. It feels very much like the odyssey. Yeah. Um, In the sense of like, you know, it's this going out into the world, trying to accomplish a thing, going through all these or going through all these, Um, difficult challenges and and coming back changed but not and the movie plays with a lot of loops it plays with a lot of you know he's really stuck in his own life he's always crashing on people's couches he's always Mm -hmm. you know ending up in the same places there's a lot of that and so it's just it's it's such a heartbreaking scene but it's one that I just personally really connect with
0: yeah definitely everything he goes through in that movie is just one long roll with the punches could be like a subtitle for this movie but (laughs) it's it's just punch after punch after punch after punch all the way through and you know there are things that are definitely his doing and his fault because of just decisions he chooses to make he's he's an asshole for sure and then there are things that like fall into his lap and become his responsibility kind of like the cat because of little shit like oh shit i didn't close the door fast enough the cat got out that's not really his fault but it is something that he tries to take responsibility mm-hmm. for so it's like okay he's got a lot of issues he's got a lot of shit to deal with but he at the same time is kind of trying for you kind of have to realize the level of effort that he's putting forth is is basically what he he is capable of doing right now mm-hmm. he's clearly still among many other issues i'm but the the death of his partner is clearly been a huge thing that he's just not He's not finished processing it. He's not over it. He's not really dealt with it. It doesn't seem like. He gets super aggravated and angry when Mike's brought up. He's quick to be sarcastic and quick to be biting or or mean. And he turns really fast whenever Mike gets mentioned because I don't think he's really done getting over it, which makes sense.
1: And I mean, as as cyclical as the movie is, um, because it's, you know, he is this starving artist who's never really going to succeed. It gets chance and then ends up looping back around. And the first scene of the movie is also the last scene of the movie of just like, yeah. he's just constantly going through the cycle. But the, the actual arc of the movie itself, it does, it's not completely a circle because he does get a chance to get over Mike. Yeah. And that's, that's really the emotional arc of the film beyond just, you know, the loops that it creates, but something that, so, so bringing it back to the cat, the cat, is a lot of things. There's there's a lot of uh, argument and debate over what exactly the cat symbolizes. Some ways it seems like it's sort of like his hopes and dreams and the fact that it escapes and gets away from him. And like, yeah, you know, there's there's the moment where, you know, after he's been turned down for the record deal and he's completely defeated, driving through the darkness, and he literally hits a cat that, that limps away into the, you know, into the wilderness. Um, but there's also the interpretation that potentially um the cat is in part mike hmm. and yeah as i said i literally just watched this movie and uh, i watched it with noah uh noah diamond for the listeners at home and we were digging into some of the uh some of the like you know greek mythology and stuff behind it and we we cracked open some stuff that is absolutely wild but yeah um I, I just love that this movie was so accessible on one level. Like, you can watch it and just be like, oh, that was a story about a folk singer who's having a rough go of it. Right. If you want to dig into this thing, you can dig in so far. It's like, there is no bottom. It is it is wonderful. Anyways. Yeah,
0: there's a lot to it. There's a lot to mine from the entire movie. I think that's a good way to like, so that's your initial thoughts covered a lot of territory there.
1: I have a lot of thoughts about this movie.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: Including that, if for some reason you've gotten to this point in the podcast and you still have not watched this movie, please go watch the purgatory, symbolic cat, yeah. depressing artist movie. Go watch yes, it. It has do, just Justin Timberlake plays folk music. He's delightful. Go. He's
0: great. Yeah, he's an, an unassuming,
1: cuckolded husband. Because we can get into that. We yeah, can get into that's, the that's the way I... side characters are treated and the perspective <laughs> they use, and like, yeah, uh, it's, it's wonderful continue sorry sorry. like I
0: really liked it because I like I tend to like the Coen Brothers movies I've liked most of the movies they've made and this was no exception I remember when I saw it the first time and I definitely fell into the camp of like hey this was a good guy that's like an artist trying to do his thing and he's making it work as best as he can and he's struggling because he's you know it's hard out there and I this resonates with me as a struggling artist you know yeah that's definitely where like, it hit for me the first time I watched it. There's just a lot to it, though. There's just so much happening and a lot of subtext. thing. I never gave it that much thought. Mm. It's like subsequent viewings. The more I watched it, the more I like fell in love with the movie. And this last time watching it is really where like, the more I was watching, the more I was writing down and thinking about it. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot all about that. I forgot all about this. But getting to that point in the movie when, you know, we hear the cat's name as Ulysses, the whole time watching this movie going, this feels like an odyssey. This feels like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of Greek mythology thing. And then, yeah, the Ulysses thing, I was like, oh, fucking duh. It is. <laughs> the whole thing, it, it obviously is. And that, that should have been obvious from the go. But
1: continuing on that, on that thread, near the beginning of the movie, when the cat first gets out and he calls the Green Witches to be like, hey, you know, your cat's missing, he has to leave a message right and when, when he leaves a message he's like hey can you uh you know let uh mr greenwich know that uh lewin has the cat and the person reads back they're like uh sorry did you say lewin is the cat and oh uh, yeah they there there are so many literal things that they managed to plop in that just like on chris on just like a you know casual viewing you just don't catch yeah and so You're like right. it's this movie really it 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 you get out of this movie, what you put into it. No, that's not the right way to put it. I don't know. You, you can, you can take as much from this movie as you want. And if you're the kind of person who likes to like really dig into a movie, like this is just, it's the perfect film.
0: I think it does. It lends itself to that. You can apply a lot of different meanings to it, a lot of different contexts and explanations, but there's a few that I just feel like are, you know, obvious and, very much there on purpose, like the purgatory uh, you know mm. uh that and then the uh, the odyssey and ulysses all of that is very overt, but yes. it doesn't make it any less enjoyable watching this struggle that's that's a hard thing for people I know to watch movies and see like characters struggle the entire time and never really truly get a win kind of thing, mm. and any wins are very small, but I don't know, much of life is that way, and so I can really relate to that in uh in just telling the story of these of that character and this situation that he has to navigate his way through the best he can it just hits it hits home for me <laughs> like I, yeah. I get that experience you know um seeking yeah. validation in your artwork and and the things that you do and like what you're creating and putting forth in the world and then just constantly feeling like you aren't enough and you're coming up short, and what you have is just not gonna cut it, kind of thing. And then literally being told that it is just like fuck. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's exactly the nightmare of being an artist. And the whole movie kind of feels a little bit like that. It's like the life cycle of an artist, you know. You ride this, like it's it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and then you get like a little win and it feels great and it's nice and it's good, and then you like fucking punch in the gut right afterward, you yep. know, by life. Or just the the coming down from that creative high. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a little bit of both. At least that's how I kind of felt watching it. Um,
1: Yeah, and he's he's jaded in a way that you can connect with because, like, absolutely, he has like really good taste, and he aspires to be this. You know, he aspires to this this place of success and all of that. But like, you know, any anybody who's getting there in a way that he doesn't feel is the right way, he he resents. Exactly. And so he he ends up resenting like all of these other musicians that you watch play. So much of that music is very much you know, very simple lyrics. It's very accessible, very friendly. You know, it's um you know kind of silly and fun. Yeah. And and he's like you know people like sing a there's there's a scene where um everyone's singing along, uh, as Justin Timberlake and a couple of the other uh, cast are, are playing on on stage, and other people are singing along, and he looks around at them like the fuck are you doing yeah like how how could you think this is good
0: yeah this is terrible why why do any of you like this is is the vibe he gives off
1: and yet and yet (laughs) like all all that music it's like it's good yeah like even even the like please mr kennedy like it's it's fun it's catchy it's a good song
0: it's enjoyable,
1: like, even even though it's like it's silly and all that sorts of stuff. But he like clearly writes it all off because it's not real art.
0: Yeah, it's it's not enough for his artistic sensibilities. Exactly.
1: You know? I feel like anybody who's who's ever made art has felt that at some point. Sure. They're like you see, look at something successful, and they're like, "Why is this? How is that successful?" Right. Um, yeah. It, but but it's you know. It, so I, I definitely like, you know, I, I connect with this movie on some of those levels, too, as far as just being a person who makes art. You know, it's hard not to be like, why does this person get to be successful while I'm not?
0: Oh, and yeah, so. this, this, this business is tough. It's tough as hell. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter how much you know that going into it. The experience of it is very different. And yes. it can be very easy to get upset and jaded and pissed off at everything and everyone around you when things aren't going or breaking your way because, mm-hmm. well, why not? I'm I'm just as good or I'm better. This, this shit is trash and people love it. Like, why why can't my stuff get made? Yeah. I get that. I get that. I've been there. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, everybody likes to think that their stuff is better than what's out there and you... Even if occasionally that's objectively true. That's, <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything though, because art is so subjective. And yeah. just because you're an artist with very specific quality and standard does not mean that everyone else is going to be. Yeah. Which is a hard thing that you have to reconcile as an artist, I think for like everybody. Like realizing yeah. it doesn't matter how much time and effort I put into this. Somebody could walk up and look at it, take two seconds to look at it and be like, eh, doesn't matter because that's just not their thing. Whereas somebody else might walk up and see it and spend hours because they got lost and they found what, you know, you put there. So
1: mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things this movie does that's so interesting too, is that um, there are so many moments where Lewin is like inches from fame. Yeah. And and doesn't make it. So like, you know, when, when he goes to go... Um, audition to try and get a record deal you know he's told well as a solo act that's no good but you know i'm putting together a trio so a, a guy and a girl and it could possibly be you and he's talking about putting together peter paul and mary
0: yep
1: and then at the at the end of the film you know when uh lewin goes outside and gets beat up and stuff like that um that's bob dylan playing yeah and it playing the same little you know shitty club that he was just playing And so, so many times he was so close and that's just how it is. Yeah. And you just never know. And you You just just never never know. know. Exactly.
0: It's, and it's kind of amazing the way they played that through the whole, like at the end when she's like, Oh, that song, I heard it's going to be really catchy. The royalties, you're going to be, you're going to be rolling in it kind of thing. And you're just like, I felt, I, I, I felt like him in that moment. You're just like feeling that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally fuck myself out of those because I thought the song wasn't going anywhere. Exactly. You've mentioned a couple of moments that worked for you and that you really liked. And I think that's like a good segue into these, what we liked, what worked for us and why, what moments stuck with us the most and why. So that falls into that category very much. So um, you're talking about that end moment with him and Bud Grossman, the the character where he's like yes. bearing his soul. So that stuck with you. That worked for you uh what other moments really really stuck with you and uh feel free to like start digging deep get in the weeds whatever you want
1: to talk about. <laughs> um so the scene with bud grossman's definitely that's my favorite out of them i think that the moments when they pay off the loops are really good um yeah. so they they create a lot of you know like the film itself is essentially a loop just saying that like he's kind of stuck in the same life and he'll never actually get out of it right um and so there are moments where you know they really pay those things off when he goes to stay with his sister. she has this old record that he recorded when he was like eight years old um and I forget the exact name of it, but it's the shoals of something, and I didn't catch it, yeah, yeah, and so he recorded that when he's eight, and he's like, "Oh no, don't play that, you don't you know artists don't show their practice shit, right." But then at the very end, when he goes to see his dad and his dad is, like, dying, he plays that same song.
0: Right. And and there's
1: this play with age and time and, like, the idea that he's playing the song from his childhood as his father's dying and, like, just, just the ways in which they connect the past and present and sort of put them on the same plane. Is just incredibly interesting because this this whole guy's whole life he's just stuck. Yep. And he does he doesn't exist in in you know he doesn't move through time. He's just he's right there.
0: He can't seem to get out of this rut that he's in. Like no matter exactly. what he does or tries. And then once he starts getting something that got, is starting to move his direction, he gets in his own way.
1: Yeah, he's absolutely. constantly
0: getting in his own way, just over I mean, and over again. He
1: flat out could have been in Peter, Paul, and Mary. Right, like if he if he'd just said yes and was willing to play ball a little bit, the you know Grossman makes a couple of pretty racist comments about how he should uh, shave his shave his facial hair down to a goatee and stay out of the sun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just not not incredible. yeah not unsurprising. No, yes, yes. but yeah, it's like moments like that where they manage to connect the past and present and really suspend you in time. I, I think you know there are there are various moments of the film that feel like they could take part in different parts of his life and like i don't I don't know necessarily that you know they're they're playing with anything as abstract as you know him revisiting different pieces of himself like they, they're not going that far necessarily they're definitely willing to kind of dip their toe into that
0: yeah something that I really like that worked for me was uh and it's obviously intentional it's they make the point of saying it um Kerry Mulligan's character, Gene, tells him like everything that he touches turns to shit, like everything, and he is shit and he's like an asshole kind of thing. So, it was just interesting to watch all these things fall apart for him and him constantly just make the wrong choice or like the wrong decision. He can't even quit and fail right. It's it's almost like, like hilarious how how bad he is at doing something that like will work for him. Yes. You know, he pays his dues so that he can ship out. He's going to quit music finally and then finds out, oh, he told his sister not to keep any of his shit. So his pilot's license gone. Now he's got to get a new damn pilot's license, which he can't afford. And then he can't get his money back. (laughs) Yep. So he can't. He's just broke
1: again. Sorry. He can't
0: quit music. He can't quit music. Right. He can't quit his his like Navy job shipping out. Right. He can't do anything. Right. He's just a perpetual fuck up. Yeah. Which sucks because he does have so much talent.
1: I don't want to, for if, if any folks are still with us who still haven't seen the movie, <laughs> you first off, go see it. Second off, if we're not if we're not selling it enough, if we're making it sound super depressing, there really is something powerful in the story that isn't just like feeling sad.
0: Yeah. Like
1: there's, there's an, an empathy and a level of just, you're watching somebody struggle, but you really care about them. And it's not just that, oh, this is hard. You're just watching him have to make these difficult decisions and you can really connect with them and and watch as he, like, you know, tries to rely on people and then turns around and hurts them. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the ways in which he does get in his own way are, are ways that a lot of us get in our own way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so... I, I agree with that.
1: It's it's extremely relatable. It's a really enjoyable journey. It does have some Coen, Coen Brothers humor in it. Sure um a little bit but it also like it almost takes the folksiness of something like um oh brother where art thou um and applies it in a a more sort of haunting way yeah so he gets a ride with john goodman and this like assistant to john goodman and the assistant's like a a poet
0: yeah Yeah, what a sequence i was gonna say that's that was the next one i want to talk about because that one stuck with me uh john goodman and garrett hudland yeah. Both turning in some fantastic performances as they're re- just very ridiculous but intimately dramatic and and powerful characters.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> they each were just so heavy-handed's not the right word because it's like heavy-handed's when it's too much. It, it was well, they're, just they're, right.
1: They're you know? exaggerated. They are, and but I it was I feel all all of the characters around Lewin are exaggerated. And I'm not sure if it's just the Coen brothers doing the Cohen brothers or yeah. if they're kind of leaning into like what Lewin thinks of these people so because like you know all of the all of the singer songwriter you know other folk singers and stuff he like sees them all as being really dumb and so they all act kind of dopey yeah. and then you know when he goes on the ride with John Goodman you've got John Goodman who's you know this guy who thinks he's super tough and talks about doing karate and stuff, but is clearly dying and also a heroin addict. Total smack fan. And um, I don't remember the, the the character. What's the driver's name?
0: Johnny Five.
1: Yeah. Um but so the, that character, he's like you know he's a uh, he's a poet. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can kind of see what Lewin thinks of poets by how like dark and moody he is, and like that could easily not be his real name and just be the thing that blew and like assigned him of like this guy just full yep. of shit uh.
0: the whole car experience with johnny five and uh john goodman's character roland turner just nonstop talk machine who just thinks he's so smooth and so fucking cool the whole time but in only like a way i feel like that john goodman could do and make yeah. you both love him and hate him all at the same damn time yeah, I know, he was exactly. just, he's so charming and so fun to watch, but he's so frustrating. He's just like as a
1: character. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, when god. he's he's talking about how he like, don't mess with me, I know karate.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. You yeah, think it, you know who you're dealing with, you have no idea. It's like, <laughs> all right, dude, calm
1: down. Yeah. No, it's uh John Goodman's such a good pick for that too, because like I mean, he can he can pull off this perfect mix of totally serious but also totally ridiculous oh yeah if you've watched the if you've watched community through which i believe you have i have uh <laughs> as the man <Jog> uh, <laughs> as the dean of the air conditioning repair school <laughs> um yeah he he just does such a great job of playing an absolutely ridiculous part completely straight and he, he just does does an amazing job of that uh he in, commits in he
0: always just commits and he's so yeah. good God, I love him. I love John Goodman so much. Yeah. That his that character's whole, as short-lived as it was, the whole sequence and like what happens, mm. that character has such a wild kind of weird arc, you know? Comes to life in the back of that car, and then you don't, they never really say what happens to him after that scene.
1: I'm pretty convinced he's dead, but you know.
0: He's ODing hardcore. If he was alive in the backseat, I'd be surprised
1: yeah no i mean especially with how much this film plays around with you know edges around death i mean
0: oh yeah i wrote down a couple of uh alternate titles for this uh inside lewin davis obviously is the name of the album and therefore the name of the movie and yeah. we're taking a journey inside lewin davis but uh this is like a series of unfortunate events featuring lewin davis or uh, <laughs> what else did i write down here uh the curse of lewin davis yeah. <laughs> so much shit happens to him in kind of a way that was comical to me just because I'm not going to try to be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had a week like that. But sometimes it feels that way, you know, or just mm-hmm. like one wrong thing after another is happening. And you're you're so busy trying to pick up the pieces and just keep shit together that so much else is falling through the cracks. It's like trying to hold water in the palms of your hands and keep the vo- the same volume the entire time. Yeah, It's like no matter what you do, you're losing something somewhere. Yes. So it's... It's really great at illustrating that as, one, a concept, and and just, two, a feeling. The whole movie feels that way.
1: It's it's a really relatable struggle, Um, and so the idea that someone could be stuck in that for so long is just, like, that's tough.
0: Especially when it seems like the end is never in sight. Mm-hmm. But that's why it sticks to me as artists, as like this this thing we choose, we, we want to do, the only thing we love and want to do, and which often, so often rejects us. That's the idea that gets me. Is how much are we willing to endure to accomplish yeah. what we want? Does everybody have a breaking point? Clearly, he does. He did. He hit it. And then he couldn't even get out of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just, uh,
0: I love that aspect of it too. Trying to quit the thing that clearly you're supposed to do and not being able to because you're supposed to be doing this thing. Yeah. So many layers to this damn movie and so many different ways that you can relate to it. If you've ever had an aspiration, honestly, I feel like, and which is why you should watch this movie coming back to that. Yes. Like it sounds depressing. It sounds like it's a, a bit of a soul crushing journey. <laughs> it is a little bit, but it's worth it.
1: It's filled with beautiful music. Yes. And it's...
0: That's also kind of one of the things I took from it was... Because uh, I prescribed to it. It's just people call this like, oh, you're looking at the glass half full, half empty, half full, or like seeing the silver linings, kind of... Th- Every day is a gift kind of thing. And so it can be hard to recognize the good amidst the bad. Yeah. So being able to recognize anything that good that is coming your way when everything is shit is something that you should be like happy about and thankful for. And it's not something he's good at. It's not something he's good at very well, like at all. He can't take the little wins. They're not enough. And I think there's like a good life lesson as an artist. in there's just like knowing when things are good, even when they don't seem like they're good, being aware of what, what you do have. Yeah. There's no guarantees, right? Maybe things won't get better, but that's unlikely nothing stays the same forever. Like nothing stays static. Even, even your career trajectory, you're either going up or you're going down, but you're never going one direction. Always. Mm -hmm. It's going to change. Hang tough, rolling with the punches, (laughs) no matter what comes down the pipe kind of thing. I, I sticking with somebody through a really, really tough fucking journey and like empathizing with that journey and seeing yourself in it is a good way to kind of ride through this movie and realize, Hey, you know what? maybe, maybe the shit that I've been dealing with isn't as bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I can look at things a little bit different, or maybe, maybe I can take a lesson from this and think, am I doing something to get in my own way? Like what am I doing to get in my own way that I could be doing differently? What could I change?
1: Exactly. Cause I think like, I think a lot of people can, can see themselves. I, I certainly do can like see themselves in that struggle, but also can, you know, look at the ways that he, just self-sabotages constantly and be like Mm -hmm. okay well you know I don't I don't go that far necessarily right (laughs) yeah it's almost like if you took a a a version of yourself that veered in a different direction
0: yeah yeah
1: I think that's that's almost what it is is it's sort of this like alternate what if it's sad but it's so well-crafted there's so much yeah. to it. There's too, so much to all the characters. It's just, it's, it's a world that's really incredible to live in, even if the story is kind of tough.
0: It's a folk ride. It, it feels very much that way. It's about a folk singer and there's a lot of folk music in it.
1: I mean, even listening to folk music, it's... Folk music, a lot of the time, takes really difficult, hard things and makes them beautiful.
0: Yeah, they, they find a way yeah. to like craft something around it that you can connect to.
1: And that's... At a, at a meta level, like, that's what the movie is. Exactly. And, and there's that great line of, uh, if it's not new and it never gets old, it's a folk song. And yes. that's, you know, with the fact that they're very much using the Odyssey as a as a map for mm-hmm. the arc of the film and all that kinds of stuff. Like, it's, in a lot of ways, it, it evokes all of these sort of timeless forms of storytelling. And, yeah, there's some some difficulty in it, but also such an amazing ride to go on. Well, that's why I watch movies. So maybe, maybe that makes me weird. I don't know, but like I, I like going on tough journeys with people. I think that's oh I think yeah, that's the most interesting.
0: No, I don't think that makes you weird. I think that's what people. I think most people are doing that whether they realize it or not. Because I've always said, and will continue to say, it's. I think it's even on like a at least one website where my name is attached to it but yeah movies are they sh- they are and more often than not should be emotionally engaging experiences that are gonna make you think and make you feel something mm-hmm. anything if it's an adrenaline rush it's an adrenaline rush but at the end of the day you're connecting with something in that movie that's why you love it so much there's something about it that makes you go yeah fuck yeah that's awesome i love this Or like oh god that touched my heart and my soul and made me cry
1: yeah it's
0: I I ugly cried, but somehow I want to watch this over and over again. Exactly. Um, Well, let me
1: let me turn your audience completely against me. Um, (laughs) My my definition of art is (laughs) terrible, beginning to a sense. My definition of art is something that takes you someplace else through emotion. So it uses emotion to take you from the place that you are to somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: And so that's that's been for a long time my definition of of art and like what I value in art and like, you know, it doesn't always need to be like, Oh, this is such a hard journey. Like even just from the Coen brothers, I love Fargo and Fargo is like a good mix of like, yeah, it's got some serious stuff, but it's also hilarious, but, but it takes you a lot of different places and it leads you there through the emotional cues and how they, you know, shape your emotional responses and stuff like that. And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm always game to take on a movie that's really challenging. I don't necessarily like movies that are just like sad, 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 sad. <laughs> Cause that's, you know, I don't, I don't get that much out of it, but if, it, if it's willing to take me on a really difficult journey and take me through somebody's most difficult moments and I get to feel the ups and downs of them and stuff like that, like that, that's taking me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, And I like really appreciate that. And that, you know, that can be you know, even the more difficult topics can be some of the most immersive topics.
0: Yeah, the ones yeah. that being, pull you in the most. Being able to escape into a piece of art or an experience, something that gets you away from life. Yeah. If you can forget for a minute that it wasn't real, that's like, yeah, that's great.
1: That's great. And, f- and for some people, that that escapism is fast five. That's true. That's true. Exactly. (laughs) For for some people, it's like, I just, I just want to exist in a world of explosions and just scale everything up and fast cars and let's do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some people want to live in a world
0: of 100% spectacle and some people want to live in a world of like wrenching emotion and empathy. It's, 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 you know, pick your poison. That's the beauty
1: of movies. What moves you. That's the, yeah,
0: exactly. There you go. That's uh that, that in essence is a big part of why, why we're doing this, you know? So, uh,
1: yeah,
0: coming back to uh, coming back to that though, uh, I because I know there was a lot you wanted to dive into, so I just want to like dive into all the shit you want to talk about, basically <laughs> anything you want to talk about. So we got uh, we're talking about like personal highlights from the movie on performance, costumes, key moments, set pieces, story, or anything else behind the scenes, etc. So now, if you want to unload on any theories or mm. allegories, analogies, metaphors, etc., by all means.
1: Mm, well, I've talked a little bit about it being a purgatory movie, which I personally like. I love purgatory movies. Um, I for, for anybody who's seen The Lighthouse, um, which is absolutely a purgatory movie, um, It it's essentially a modern remake of Persona, um, mm. which Persona is like an early uh, Ingmar Bergman film. I probably just mispronounced his name and I feel terrible. Um, I
0: don't think you did, actually.
1: Oh, I got it. Okay. I, I just, I love purgatory films. I feel like there's something so interesting about, you know, getting to do a character study in a space where time and plot and stuff like that, they don't necessarily serve a linear function. It's not about like, okay, they started here. They're going to go to this place and then they win and they finish there. Like yeah. I like, I like a film that's willing to be ambiguous and places characters in this sort of like neutral space and time where instead of moving through a timeline of events, you are moving through them and mm-hmm. the different parts of them. And so, you know, I, I think this film, in some ways, it's very explicitly a purgatory movie um, mm-hmm. in the fact that it is a loop and the fact that he's stuck there. There's a lot of actually Greek mythology references and stuff in it. There's also a groundedness to it that sort of leaves you not sure if you're floating in space and time or whether you're just going with them.
0: Right. Are you part of the journey or are you uh, viewing it as a third party?
1: There's just this way in which this movie like, exaggerates and bends the world around him and how, I think I mentioned it earlier, but just the fact that, you know, going from looking at his childhood record to looking at his father dying, Mm -hmm. it it feels like this mo this movie exists in multiple moments in time because it does, because it, you know, is suggesting that this loop is kind of forever. And so he, there are just a lot of different ways in which it's willing to suspend its characters in time and space. And you get to focus a lot more on the emotional, like digging into them, as opposed to a series of, Plot events, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the the thing with the loop, uh, Sisyphus. That brings to mind uh, Sisyphus, right? You, the guy Z- he just keeps rolling the boulder up the hill.
1: Yeah, there's. Yes, that's definitely. So, okay. No, that's definitely, and I mean, in so many ways, like you know, they haven't. He sleeps on so many different people's couches, mm-hmm. but like he like works his way through people, but then kind of like starts going back to some of the older people, and like
0: he starts off on the Gorfin's couch, he ends mm-hmm. on the Gorfin's couch.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many details like that, and the fact that the cat, he loses the cat, and the cat goes off in the wild, and ends up coming like oh, he came back. Right is like the thing at the end.
0: I just realized as we're talking about it yeah like the cat coming back and they deliberately have him he passes the the movie sign for disney's incredible journey with the the animals making the 200 mile journey back home yep fuck yeah yeah
1: yeah no and and that's i mean they're making the odyssey connection there too yeah yeah in the coming back home and then the reckoning with how he's changed and how the home's changed but in the end things are kind of still the same it's yeah, no, it's it's really playing in the in the Odyssey sandbox for sure. Maybe not as like directly as Oh, uh, Brother, or Thou, because that's literally that is oh, man, just yeah. that's just a remake <laughs> of the Odyssey. Um, but um, no, it's it's definitely doing a lot of the same things, and it's it's interesting that the Coen Brothers have done so much Greek reference and so much like you know everybody's got their things
0: you know everybody's got their themes and things they like to revisit and and play on and that's definitely one of theirs yeah okay cool well then um i mean we talked a little bit about some of these performances and everything but yeah john goodman for me just knocks it out of the park everybody is good in this movie like i feel like every podcast so far i'm like everybody's good in this movie but so far
1: that's all right let's point to adam you know let's point to uh adam driver outer
0: Space. i totally forgot he was even in the movie he's wonderful
1: watch he's He's absolutely he's he's fantastic and like yeah he's he's clearly so open to just like trusting the directors yeah which is like such a nice thing to see somebody willing to kind of go out there with their performance and that's that's definitely one of the ones where like we're clearly not just seeing like someone who is like that. Like it's, it's exaggerated for the sake of like, we're getting a little bit of Lewin's perspective.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
1: absolutely. And like, like who's this guy who's just like throwing in these outer space. Um, it's but so like,
0: funny every time.
1: but also then, you know, when Lewin actually goes and crashes on that guy's couch, he has his box of like the extra records that didn't yes! sell. And yes! he sets it down right next to the, that to Adam driver's box that matches, that's all his records that didn't sell. And yeah. like the album cover looks pretty much the same. He sees he's,
0: himself in that guy like 100%. Exactly. That, but that was guy, such a great moment and like such a great like setup but, to have but, for those two characters.
1: And that guy took the royalties. So he's out there making bank on the exact same song. Mm-hmm. Yep. But fucking Lewin was like, I'm not going to take the look or not going to take the royalties. I need the cash right now to. Uh-huh. Go pay for Carrie Mulligan's abortion. Short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. You know, mm-hmm. the grass is
0: always greener. Like the path I could have taken versus the path I did take. Exactly, and Love that's
1: because one of the, one of the things that Noah and I dug into um, that we found was there's this Greek thing where if you have a dream, the dream passes through one of two gates. Um, and if it, if it moves through one of the gates, it really happens. And and if it moves through the other gate, it doesn't. When you, when you put that together, it's like the name of one of the bars in the movie. Yeah. We just, Uh. we just figured this out. The gate of horn. Oh,
0: the gate of horn and the gate of ivory. Yes. Okay. The gate, the gate of horn was, is that the name of the club that bud was in at the end?
1: Yes ah fucking right. wild so we got to talk nice. about this we got to talk about this uh yes let me get my it also proposes very potentially uh that lewin is queer there's like a couple of very small references to the possibility that mike was actually his lover interesting again it's one that like there's only a couple of little it's it's not nearly as extensive as the gate of horn thing um, sure
0: sure yeah
1: but there's like there's just enough reference to it that it's very possible.
0: Oh.
1: I, I just can't quite tell. So gates of horn and ivory, um, and this is something that like on my most recent watch, Noah and I were both watching, and we started doing a little bit of research and digging because there was just like there's uh, there are all these sort of Greek mythology references, and we found out, and this is and this is wild, the club. That Lewin goes to to go play for Grossman. Right. Um, to like try to finally fulfill his career uh, is called the Gates of Horn. And so, reading from Wikipedia here, <laughs> the Gates of Horn and Ivory are a literary image used to distinguish true dreams from false. So, essentially, in Greek mythology, there's this idea of the Gates and Horn of Ivory, where if you have a dream, if your dream passes through the gates of horn, it is a true thing that happened. Okay. And if the you pass through the gates of ivory instead, if your dream passes through the gates of ivory, it did not happen. It was it was false. And so repeatedly in this movie, and this is like we're getting just into the nerdiest shit here, but repeatedly in this movie, he, he runs into pathways and 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 diverging paths there yeah. are all of these really narrow hallways in the movie at, in which at the very end there are two doors Yep. that's that symbolism is all over the place the idea that there are all these paths where you could take two paths um this shows up a bunch of times it shows up when he actually like he does the audition and decides not to go for it and he's like arriving home and he looks and sees um a sign for this town where it turns out, you know, a a woman who he'd had. Oh, right. Where
0: he might have a kid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where he got, he got her pregnant. He paid for an abortion, but she didn't get it and she's there. And so possibly there's a woman there who has his two-year-old child. Yeah. uh, And he decides again, not to go. He's, he's constantly veering into the gate of ivory. And so one of the, the biggest examples of it is the fact that literally when he goes in that scene that you know i said was like my favorite he is given the opportunity do you want to join essentially peter paul and mary and he the looks at thing, it and yeah it's this this could be real and instead of choosing it he chooses to pass through the gates of ivory reject it and return on this odyssey journey back to his home
0: yep yeah there that's are really cool
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of some of the uh, references and, and allegories and stuff like that are are very, like, on the face. Like, pretty easy to pick up. But if you dig into this movie, it keeps getting better. Every time I watch this movie, I pick up on details and things that I never did before. It's infinitely rewatchable. It's a timeless tale that draws on timeless tales.
0: Oh, yeah. Going into what you just talked about is it reinforces pretty much everything we've talked about we were just talking about with adam driver's character the Mm -hmm. path he could have taken versus the path he does
1: take he's constantly seeing himself mirrored and watching the versions that actually and and the fact that he literally sees you know like bob dylan Mm -hmm. playing in the same place he was playing two minutes ago who's going to go off to this career of success and
0: And yeah exactly
1: he's absolutely and utterly surrounded by people who are taking who are going through the gate of horn and actually realizing their dreams or f- deciding on new dreams or, you know, finding peace and, and you know, what they want. Exactly. And he, just, he will forever be this sort of floating ghost almost.
0: There's going after your dreams and like being stubborn and staunch in what you believe in non-compromising. And I can understand that and I can appreciate it. But at the same time, if you aren't established, as we all know, as we are learning ourselves in this, this wild, wild entertainment world. Mm -hmm. No compromises are going to be the name of the game because at the end of the day, no one does this by themselves. It's a collaborative game. It always has been. It always will be Um, trying to take it on as if like you're the end all and be all and like, you know, what's best. It doesn't always, it just doesn't work that way. It never. And, And
1: there's only one right way to exactly. do things. And anybody yeah. who does it in other ways wrong.
0: Exactly. It's exactly. Just, it does. It's, not,
1: it's not how to live.
0: No, it's not sustainable. It's just not, it's not realistic. And I think that that's also like a fun theme to play with in this is, you know, your dream version of what could be and what reality is versus what reality actually is. Yeah. And being able to reconcile the two, you know, cause some people can and some people just can't. Yeah. You can't you can't make you can't make those things work together. They either have to be one thing or the other. Yeah, I really like this movie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Really I'm I'm in a double down on the controversial quote that I made at the beginning of this episode. I think this is the Coen Brothers' best movie. I think they do a lot of different things in a lot of different movies and make very good movies, but like none of them to me have the layers, have the the rewatchability, the the sheer empathy, the emotional complexity, and like just just this this is their best, in in my opinion, and I'm sure lots of people will attempt to fight me.
0: <laughs> I would say no. I mean, because <laughs> they have movies that are similar in a similar vein or like a similar like sort of style and tone. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think that it has going for it is you're right. There is so much happening, and there's so many layers to this thing, while being also in essence kind of. Simple story-wise, almost in Mm -hmm. comparison to most of their other movies. Yeah, a lot happens in this movie, but more or less, it is kind of the least complicated plot.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, all of the timeless classics are.
0: Yeah. The Odyssey is a
1: very simple story.
0: Like I'm looking at their like roster of movies right now. And I'm just like, I know these movies. I've seen all these movies, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a big fan of these. But the plots for a lot of these, they, they wind and they turn and they get complicated. And there's a lot of shit going on. But this is one person's journey and struggle. And it's so simple, despite all the complicated shit happening. So yeah, mm. you're, you're spot on there. You're spot on there. This is
1: <laughs>
0: good. So good. Next week, uh, yeah. I try to
1: convince you that the social network is David Fincher's best film. Oof, okay, that's going to be an interesting
0: discussion. <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to. I will. I will have to fight you on that.
1: Welcome <laughs> <all> the <laughs> challenge, uh, man. All right, all
0: right. Well, that's going to be fun. That's a good segue. Here we can move into uh, any last closing thoughts on the movie before we get to the next segment here.
1: Uh, closing thoughts. Um, I've watched this movie like a dozen times and just every time I watch it, like I know everything that happens in it, but just like, it still takes me places.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, yep. it still moves me. I'm still there for the journey. The, the lows are still so low. The, the highs are still so like, it's, it's yeah. It's one of the few films that I've experienced that manages to deliver on an emotional journey over and over and over again.
0: I think that's a good summation for uh, for wrapping it up here. Uh, closing thoughts for me, definitely, if you haven't seen it, watch it because it's really, really good. Yes. And uh, for all the reasons discussed here and more, guaranteed if you watch this movie going back like we have, you'll you'll find something new in your watch every time. I, yes. I, I, I promise. You. So definitely worth the watch. Definitely worth the watch. That concludes our discussion on Inside Lou and Davis. We get to move on to our next segment here—the uh, Get to Know You section with our big questions.
1: Big questions. <gasps> I forgot about this. All not right, here big go.
0: questions. Uh, <laughs> so, question number one: What is prepared. the first movie that you ever saw? Whether it was in theaters, at home, at a drive-in, if you can remember. What's the first movie you ever saw?
1: I'm sure I saw movies before this, but the first movie I saw in theaters, and I, I distinctly remember this, was "Ready to Tie Back" to Lou and Davis. Are you ready? I'm ready. It was it was the the '90s remake of "The Incredible Journey." Oh, which is the, the '90s poster. remake
0: is "Homeward Bound."
1: Homeward Bound. That's Homeward it. Homeward Bound. Yep. Homeward Bound. But. So the first movie I remember seeing was the theatrical 90s remake, Homeward Bound, of An Incredible Journey, which is in Inside Louis Davis. Inside Davis. Yep. Yep. Nice. Oh, man. I, that was Come full circle, everybody. That was not planned. <laughs> that was not planned. Wow. All right. Okay. So good. The universe. Right.
0: It's, uh, it knows what it's doing. It's, it knows what it's doing. That question just
1: set a standard <laughs> that we can't possibly continue. <laughs>
0: uh we'll see we'll see how the rest of these go we'll see how the rest of these go. <laughs> see if there are any other plot twists
1: in these questions films of destiny
0: uh okay homeward bound very cool very cool yeah. that is definitely uh one of the ones that i remember as a kid i i fucking loved that movie like it i love that movie it was
1: so fun so fun the animals Sad. are probably not treated well because it's the 90s <laughs> probably not probably like, not did you know? Oh my God! I'm gonna make everyone really sad right now. A bunch of cats died on Milo and Otis. Like, oh it, what? It's, yeah, oh, it's man. yeah, it's terrible. Anyways, That's sorry. Did, I, I, I <laughs> didn't mean to do this. Next question.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Next question. But that also connects to Inside Lou and David, C- continue.
0: Oh man. Oh what, uh, God. What? What are your? What's your top three movies and why?
1: My top three movies. Oh, I have a really hard time like grouping an actual three. I would say that three of my top 10 in no particular order would be Inside Lown Davis, The Social Network and Nightcrawler,
0: which are the other two, uh Social Network and Nightcrawler that you have claimed for discussion, so those will be the next yes. ones we definitely talk about in the pod.
1: Yes. Fight Club uh, probably still in there. I do I do enjoy some yeah. Fight Club. Um for the, for the actual reasons of it being a satire, not for the reasons that like I stand Tyler Durden. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, (laughs) I, I love Fight Club for a lot of reasons, uh, mostly
0: for the reasons that the book highlights, which is part of the reason why I liked it so much is I, one of the rare people who read the damn book before I saw the movie actually. Ah. Um, So that was like kind of fun and exciting. Especially since having read the book when I first saw Fight Club, I I actually didn't see it in theaters. I saw it, uh, I believe on either video or DVD, but I saw it playing on like network TV once. And I 100% saw the last five minutes of the movie before I saw the rest of the movie. So I I read the book, so I already knew kind of thing, but like also seeing the end of the movie before the rest of the movie was just like, oh shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the movie that like that's the movie the first movie that I watched that had a true unreliable narrator. And yeah. like that that's what like I mean the twist blew my mind. I think I was like 16 when I saw it. Um, but it wasn't just like, ooh, it's the same person, which the spoiler alert Fight Club from 1999, sorry um not sorry it won't it won't diminish uh your enjoyment of the film either it won't because um, you get to watch edward norton run around in like white boxers that are way too big yep
0: <laughs> that's that's in a downtown nice... waving a gun
1: yeah you exactly know.
0: white privilege
1: yeah um <laughs> <laughs> but um no it uh, like i saw that movie when i was 16 and it just like it was the first movie where we like stuck really hard to a protagonist and then learned that the way that protagonist saw the world was wrong.
0: And not only and, that it was wrong, but the way they were they related it to you as the viewer was yeah. completely fucked.
1: Yeah. They 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 made you question your own eyes and your own judgment and your own memory. And like that for me, you know, like yeah, the twist itself was cool, but just the way it was delivered. I mean, we'll, we'll get into David Fincher who, oh, I think yeah, is, absolutely. Like, he's, he's the best working filmmaker today, which he has a, a really interesting mix of movies that do a lot of really different things.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like at the core of it, like nobody can make a film feel like one single thing, like David Fincher. So many movies you're like, Oh, the, the score was great or the cast was great or the script was great or the whatever. No, with Fincher, it's with one thing.
0: All right, so that was a uh, top three movies. Uh, we only got a couple of questions left here. So what movies are you looking forward to that aren't out yet?
1: I want to see The Green Knight. I, I, I keep saw forgetting about that damn movie. I saw the trailer for Green Knight like a year ago at this point yeah. because of the pandemic. So it's for anybody who hasn't, first off, go watch the trailer for The Green Knight. It's A24 does World of King Arthur. Right. And like the idea of getting an A24 style movie set in medieval times with like they have like a real budget, like there's a giant. Yeah. Like just yeah. it, it, it looks primed to be a fucking incredible movie. And I've been so excited for it. And then the pandemic just screwed everything up. Yeah. Yeah. A24 can't afford to release a movie on VOD unless it's like Minari. They're, they're such a small company. Which it's, it's crazy. They're like there's like 15 people. Yeah, um, it's wild. It's it's, it's tiny. <laughs> they did they have they finally have a release date? July July 30th.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. July 30th. So that's that's coming this summer. All right. I love it. Okay, this. so Green Night. You're looking forward to
1: Green Night. Any other movies? Jonathan Nolan. He announced a new show recently. I don't remember what it is. Let's see. What has he got cooking right now? What? What is it? fallout oh that's right i forgot about that (laughs) that's that's gonna be fucking cool that's gonna be so fucking cool i forgot yeah i forgot how exciting that announcement was that happened like a year ago i think they announced yeah that's
0: fucking nuts all right well that's cool
1: yeah that's really cool
0: and that leaves us with the last question which is any personal recommendations not mentioned so far movies tv shows
1: yeah uh i recently watched slept on it i guess i i I never really watched it but uh kong skull island so godzilla fine godzilla king of the monsters fine fine kong skull island comes out of nowhere with a fucking vietnam allegory Uh literally like and like, does this man versus nature thing that's just absolutely incredible. And then, like, John C. Riley comes out of nowhere and is just like, just pitching fastballs, mix of like comedy and this like really sad story about his wife. The animation is just insane. Like, I don't know how Godzilla doesn't look that good guns akimbo is fun it's dumb, but it's fun (laughs) uh i mean yeah you you see the poster you know exactly what you're getting and if you're into it like it's just it's great uh daniel
0: radcliffe good old daniel rads yeah i think that's everything all right all right well hey that uh that covers your personal recommendations so we got a you know guns akimbo that's a good one uh what else do we say
1: I love that. That's in my personal recommendations. Um, if I was making a list, probably not on the list. But it is something I watched recently that I that I enjoyed. It's ridiculous and over the top, but it has fun with being ridiculous and over the top. Yeah, I recently watched Mad Max again, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Holy shit! So Holy good. Holy shit! Does that hold up? Like. Oh yeah. And I, I I almost forgot the fact that like that like swept the Oscars. Oh. And and, uh, and so like it's it's yeah. very good. It's, it's very so, good.
0: It's so good. Uh, with that, that brings us to the just uh, any uh, any tags or pluggables you want to drop in here before we we finish this thing off.
1: I'll definitely plug the movie that we made together, Donovan Reed. Hell yeah! Uh, that I directed and and Scott did sound work on and just general helping true, on true true. So Donovan stuff.
0: Reed available Donovan on Reed. Amazon uh, Amazon Prime, I believe.
1: Yes, although here's 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 the tea if you're ready for it oh uh amazon does not pay well if your movie is not getting a ton of views so go watch it on tubi
0: fair enough okay so you heard it here first donovan reed check it out on tubi yeah uh, tubi that's TV. a streaming platform tubi tv i've definitely seen that donovan reed starring uh weston lee ball actually who is uh the contributor and artist of the music for this podcast uh and nice. he will be actually on the podcast very, very soon. So uh, he'll be on. He'll be on and uh, get to get to talk about a couple of fun ones.
1: That's uh, awesome. But yeah, so we got uh, Donovan Reed uh, for Tubi. I have a new project coming up. Hey. hey. Um, I, this is actually not the doc because that's, you know, that's going to, it'll be a little while before we can actually keep shooting that and everything. Um, but I'm actually putting together a show. It's going to be a podcast. Hey. Uh, and it's going to be a limited series i've actually i I might have talked to you a little bit about this it's basically going to be a podcast digging into how we made donovan Reed*, and it is going to be a very uh honest and genuine autopsy of the film Mm -hmm. yeah um and it's going to be really interesting i started like writing like copious amounts of notes yeah. Um. on just like everything that worked and everything that didn't and everything that like I should have done differently. And like, you know, and I, I really compiled this sort of collection of like everything that I felt like I should have done or could do or did right. Like,
0: right, you know, there's, yeah. there's some
1: killer stuff. Like our location choices, fucking killer.
0: Oh, um, you did on, a
1: great job with that. Like, like. On revisiting the film, the 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 way that like, not just how the locations look, but the way that the script was designed to take advantage of the locations, like there's so many things that like we did right, that we did wrong. It was this just trial by fire experience. Cause like so many of us, it was either our first feature or like, you know, just, yeah. yeah. It, it was just such an experience. And so I'm going to be going back and actually having conversations with a lot of the key people involved uh, and uh, just getting some very honest feedback. I'm, you know and that's opening it up
0: yeah uh, fair enough well hey you know you and, got uh, me you know you got me i do <laughs>
1: and uh we are naming the show uh after a book uh that was actually in the movie uh called oh. and I, I have it uh somewhere around here uh called surviving donovan hey, hey now which is an, an apt title perfect for this, for this podcast so um coming soon from the, uh, from, from Glass Creek.
0: Do you want to drop like any IG tags or anything like that for like Glass Creek or for yourself or anything?
1: Yeah, you can find me anywhere at, at Austin Smigalski. And if you try to spell Smigalski, it'll probably guess me. Uh, <laughs> and then much easier, uh, you can find uh, at Glass Creek Films or glasscreekfilms.com.
0: There you go. So that has been Inside Lumen Davis with Austin Smigalski. Uh, you can find Austin at at Glass Creek Films or glasscreekfilms.com and at Austin Smigalski on uh, the socials. Uh, and if you need that spelling, I'll give it to you. S-M-A-G-A-L-S-K-I. There you go.
1: Yeah, I have this distinct memory of middle school where I won an award and the principal came out and said Austin Smigalewski. Oof. Oof.
0: Alrighty, well. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining, Austin. Uh, we'll we'll have you on again for the next couple of movies we talked about, uh, Nightcrawler and uh, Social Network. We'll figure out which one of those is going to be next. And uh, yeah, thanks for stopping in. I appreciate it. And for all of you listening, I appreciate you stopping by to listen. This has been Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I probably will never do. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time, or I guess hear you next time. This is a podcast. It's an auditory medium. Uh, Yeah, all right. That's it. We're chewing the fat now.
1: Bye! Bye!
0: All right. Thank you very much for stopping by and listening to Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I may never do. Special thanks to my guests for coming on the show and all of you for listening. Original podcast music by Weston Lee Ball. You can find them at lava underscore submersible on Instagram, and Weston Lee Ball on Facebook. And if you like the podcast, do me a favor and just rate and review. Let me know what you think, leave a comment, and uh, maybe I'll read it during the show. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time.